What's up, guys? Welcome to the second episode of the Pointless Podcast, brought to you by DistroKid, Epic Games, and a few other sponsors that we'll talk about throughout the podcast. This week, again, I'm your host, Theron Bencraft, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Nesbitt, and we've got our guest, Hyperstrike. Well, Hello. Perfect timing. What's cracking? Not much, not much. How's it going? Not much, man. Not much. And he showed us like a snippet of a new song he was working on, which is pretty good. Yeah, that was cool. We got to preview that, talk about the music projects that he's working on, and the music projects that we're going to work on, which was cool. And we have to talk about next week as well, which I think we'll do at the start, so you guys can prepare for that. We're going to have Josh Dub Gaming on who's a YouTuber streamer from Adelaide, Australia. If you have any questions about YouTube gaming, he specifically plays VR games, so any of that sort of stuff, leave it in the comments, on Twitter, wherever you see this episode, and we'll ask him those questions directly. (coughs) So, you've been pretty busy last week, haven't really time for much because you're working now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, then you're doing this engineering internship for... Yeah, yeah I'm doing... It's, it's, the comp- it's, it's the compulsory work experience that everyone doing engineering a show has to do. That's why you still have to apply to get it. So yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. 40 hours a week. Yeah, that's a lot. It always seemed to be a little bit... I was always worried that when you got to third or fourth year, because it's engineering, it just gets super intense. Because you seem to be chilling the first two years, just cruising along, like, we had plenty of free time. It was really intense. You just made me, like, you made it super hard for me, because I had to do my, no, because I had to do my, like, oh, just hang out, and then you guilt trip me into hanging out, so that I'd be, like, killing myself the next time (laughs) finishing assignment. (laughs) Chilling the first two years, he said. Flashbacks of PTSD and pain, and then he's like, oh, you just chilling through the first two years. Oh, no. I was back to the trenches in, like, Gallipoli. They said I was chilling the first two years. Oh, no. I've killed tripped into playing games and watching movies. I'm so sorry. It seems a lot tougher now, though. It is way tougher now, particularly how it's, like... The, the first few years, the subjects were a lot easier, but now it's like they're brutal. Everything has 50 or greater percent power rate. Jesus. I'm going, I'm doing, I'm going to courses that have like, I do honors project now, so that's really crazy. Courses with like 70% power rates. That's fun. Yeah. Why do they crazy. even publicly tell you that? They're like, this course you're doing, this is the fail rate. You have to, they don't publicly tell you like that, but when you finish the course, you can look at your standing. So it shows how many people got HDs, how many people got credits, how many people got fails. You uh-huh. add the fails together and you can see the like 70% fail. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like a, I don't know, that's like a suicide course. Yeah. You can see most people failing on their own. Yeah. You don't know until the end, but you, you'd be pretty sure just from talking to people how they are. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's getting, I think it's getting better though, like, I think the year, last year was only like 50, 
Yeah. That's how it is. So. Plus, you're almost done anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm almost done, yeah. Then you can just laugh at all the people failing after you've passed. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. And you've set yourself up so that you have to finish it in 12 months, right? I have to finish it in 12 months, yeah. Because otherwise, I won't no be able to do it. No pressure. It's the most high pressure situation you can set up. Yeah, but it, it happens like that for everyone. Like if you want to, if you want to get a job straight out, you have to graduate within a year. Cause otherwise, they can't employ. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> it's pretty competitive for jobs in Adelaide as well. Yeah. The pain is like I have so many games in the backlog, so like, I'm going to be rushing to play stuff like after exams, pretty much. Like, so I'm it's still not just me. You're just a gamer. No, I didn't play them. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I still haven't finished Kingdom Come. I still haven't finished um, Spider-Man. God of War. A little bit. I've, I've got the last extra endgame stuff to do on that. But because of that, it's like the lowest priority. Yeah. There's so many that like I bought and just like have 20 hours or 10 hours on. I'm just sitting there. Spider-Man's quite good. Yeah, I know. It's also like a lot of them are quite good. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. ones that I got before Spider Man. I, I still have the Yakuza. I about five hours of that. That wasn't that good though, so I put it up in the back. True, true. <coughs> okay, guys, and this episode is brought to you by DistroKid. There will be a link in the description. DistroKid is a music hosting service you can use to upload to iTunes, SoundCloud, anywhere and everywhere, Napster, some classic sites. It's pretty cheap. You get 7% off the cost, which is $14 a month, or there are different plans for yearly and stuff. We also get referral rates for that. So there is a link in the description you can use if you want to sign up for that release your music through there or a podcast or anything audio based you can do it through DistroKid <coughs> and we are back from that short break guys with our guest this week Hyperstrike Matt whatever you wanna be known as Hyperstrike oh, I'm, I'm cool with either how you guys doing good good how are you yeah not too bad not too bad it's a lazy Saturday um, yeah, a bit warm outside, but you know, you know how it is, Australia. Yeah, it's hotter than normal recently, but it's a hot one. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the way. And they I'm say global warming doesn't exist. <laughs> it's also mad. Meanwhile, there's. It's only January. Yeah, it's probably gonna get worse. So. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, do you want to quickly run through what you do a little bit? Twitch streaming sort of stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a man of many hats. Um, I'm, what, as Ben Farron uh, introduced me as, I'm Piperstrike. Um, real name is Matt. Um, I am a serial community manager. So I thought you were going to say serial killer there, but community <laughs> manager. Um, I have managed communities for the better part of 10 years. Um, and I am the current Twitch Adelaide uh, community organizer and uh, Team OCE uh, community manager and founder. So uh, aside from Twitch streaming and working full time, I manage a team of streamers. 
uh, and a community of streamers for the Oceanic region as well as uh, the meetups uh, section of Adelaide for twi the, the Twitch, uh, like the Twitch uh, community. <sighs> I lost words there for a sec, but um, I used to be a, um, a games critic, so I used to write reviews for video game websites and tech websites as well. Uh, that sort of transition to creating content in 2016, 2017. So I've been doing that for a couple of years. Yeah, did you write on anywhere specific or? Uh, I was previously on PlayStation Universe. Uh, that was around 2008 to 2010. Uh, Android Australia. Um, and then I had a bit of a hiatus and then I went to uh, Sticky Trigger Entertainment, which rebranded to Crit Damage TV. And then um, we sort of put that project on hold and, and I started doing Twitch streaming a lot more. So there's a couple of a couple of sort of mid-level websites, I guess you could call them, that they weren't like, you know, the IGNs or the GameSpots, but, yeah. you know, they they did, they did the things, they provided me with things that I could review and... You know, I wrote them really, really good reviews, so. Do you fucking mind? <laughs> fucking car going past or a motorcycle or something. I always yell at it when it goes past. <laughs> Too loud. I guess... Something like that. The good thing with sites like that back then, I would assume, is IGN stuff like that wouldn't really be as established. You just kind of browse whatever came up first. Yeah, uh, I mean, IGN and GameSpot were always the two biggest hitters um, back when uh, when I started out. Um, there was like, there, it wasn't it wasn't as saturated in terms of games media as it is now because everyone, anyone and anyone has the ability to, to um, sort of create a blog or create a, a publishing platform. Um, the difference is whether or not they've got credible. Um, credible writing or you know a credible opinion and they're not they're not just doing it to get free shit because that's the bulk 80% of them <laughs> so you got like games through that and stuff too yeah yeah like um like the PR would send us codes or you know send us physical copies um tech uh, tech manufacturers would sell us or not sell us but send us um uh, sort of uh, hardware units to review. We'd obviously have to return those, which is fine. Um, there was uh, Asus sent us a couple of uh, Republic of Gamers laptops to review, which I did. Um, Edifier sent me a, a set of speakers to review. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a good gig. Good gig. I got to check out a lot of cool shit. It sounds like a good gig. Yeah. And then you moved over to Twitch. Um, yeah, well, I was, like, partially doing it on Twitch at the same time. Like, I found that as a, a nice outlet to sort of share those games while I was, like, you know, checking them out to, to write up my reviews. Um, I thought that was a really niche thing to do. Um, and then, you know, I stopped writing and just started doing Twitch for the enjoyment of it. Yeah, so more, like, hobby-ish and then become more part-time slash full-time recently. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And you stream a lot, like, four Are you still enjoying it as much as when it was more finished, or...? Um, I, I enjoy, you know, uh, the, the streaming part. Like, I always look forward to finishing the work day, coming home, um, you know, setting up with my community, having a bit of a laugh, because, like, what I do for work, I won't mention what it is, but it is pretty stressful at times, and it's just... 
like it, it's physically draining and you, you don't get much opportunity for sort of entertainment if that makes sense yeah. so being able to come home and you know share some crazy moments with a small community it's yeah i enjoy that part of it is from what i've picked up it's more like a nine to five-ish office job not like a physical labor job that you do you don't have to say specifically but is that correct oh uh, yeah like so, so i work in a call center so i'll just i'll just say that i won't say who for but i work i work in a call center I am expected to sit in my chair for the entirety of my shift, um, yeah, but also talking constantly and having to think on the fly and you know engage in those responses. Like it's it's partially why I can talk as as good as I do. Well, when I say talk as good as I do, I mean like I can you know think of responses on the fly. But um, it's just mentally taxing and just some of the shit that you're thrown at with. Um, is it's it's really really challenging to get through the day, basically. Yeah, I can imagine that's one of the tougher jobs out there. But as you said, then you get to come home, set up the stream, have some fun. And yeah, yeah that's right. Browse through a few of your streams over the last two, maybe two and a half years since joining the Twitch Adelaide community. And whenever I pop through, they're always reasonably too very entertaining. Of course, with streams, you can jump in at like a boring moment, but they're usually like entertaining. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Like I, um, I try to keep things um, as engaging as I can. Like I, a lot of the games that I like to stream involve the chat. So, um, like games that have heavy Twitch integration, where you can like type something in the chat and it affects the gameplay of the game like those are my favorites because yeah. you know the, my chat really really likes to fuck me over um <laughs> um games like um vermintide 2 um uh, da, 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 party hard they all have direct input as to what happens in the game um so they're always fun and it always creates entertaining moments when it, it, like say sorry sort of sort of engages the the audience watching the stream as well yeah exactly like it engages the audience but also it creates more unique moments than you would expect from say like um uh like a, a single player uh narrow hall narrative like say god of war or something like that where it's always on rails like it's it, it's not always the same experience but it's it's a very similar experience similar because experience, that's the way the yeah. developers have designed it yeah i remember that's starting to become a thing and I didn't realize so many games have been picking up on that. It's yeah, good to yeah. hear. So there's a lot of games now that have like Twitch integration directly with the chat. There's a lot more than there was a couple of years ago. Like it was a pretty niche concept when um, Party Hard came out, um, and like you know a few other titles. But it's nice to see that there are um, that there is um, more games coming out with it. But I would like to see. You know, just on that that topic, I would like to see more integration for other platforms, or not specific to a certain platform. Like, while Twitch is the largest of the streaming platforms, um, it's not the only streaming platform. So, games like Party Hard, you can't use that on Mixer. You can only use that on Twitch. 
the same thing with Vermintide 2 and all of the other ones. Like, uh, they're all tied into Twitch. Whereas if you had it, say, tied into Discord, for example, you could stream on whatever and then have people, you know, play on Discord, if that makes sense. So we would would open up to, like, Mixer streamers and shit like that, too. Yeah, you don't stream on Mixer, though, but... Uh, I I have streamed on Mixer. It's okay. not my favorite platform, but I, there have been times in the last year that I've considered moving over to Mixer. Um, main stuff. They are doing some interesting stuff. Like their FTL codec is quite interesting. Like it's certainly a lot better than Twitch's real time um, codec, which is still like you know three or four seconds laggier than Mixer. Um, there's a lot of lot of cool things that they're doing, and Twitch is slowly catching up. But you know, what can you do? Twitch is one of the only sites that I consistently get lag on when trying to watch stuff. Like YouTube, Netflix, everything videos load fine, but Twitch always I have way more issues than any other site. It's always annoying. Uh, I guess I have a question in regards to that then. Go ahead. A lot of the streams, when you're watching them, do you see quality options? Because not every streamer has quality options, or what is known as transcoding. Um, on YouTube, when you upload a video by default, it will process at several different resolutions and bit rates and stuff like that. So that way, you know, it picks the best output for the user and whatever available bandwidth they've got. Um, Twitch only allows guaranteed transcoding to partners affiliates get them as a priority but not always and then non-partners or non-affiliated streamers don't get it at all yeah um yeah a lot of the time it's basically just i have to turn the quality down but i can watch netflix youtube in a higher quality than twitch sometimes it might be on the streamers end i don't know might be on my end no idea. Just a bit. Column A, column B. Yeah. <clears throat> so the main reason you'd be thinking of moving to Mixer would be because the platform's better, or is there not not so much better? Like, um, there are some very questionable decisions from Twitch in relation to some things that have happened in the sort of more recent months that have sort of made myself but a lot of other people question um as to what what their end game is or what their objective is like um uh the the whole and i, I don't really want to name them but the, that incident where there was a sydney-based streamer that was um um arrested or not arrested but uh, the, the the whole domestic violence thing like it took him fucking a huge amount of overwhelming negative feedback to do something about that person's account like they shouldn't have been able able back on the platform like able to come back to the platform um not sure if that went beyond certain circles so that was a twitch streamer in australia on stream was um verbally and it sounded like physically abusing his wife or girlfriend or something like that. There was some stuff that shouldn't have been happening at all, let alone on stream. And I think a week or two later, I didn't follow it after that, but I think a week or two later he was streaming again. 
It was it was two weeks later. They allowed him back onto the platform. Uh, he had maybe one or two streams, and then uh, when the community picked up that he was back on the platform, there was pretty big outrage. Um, and shortly afterwards, the account was banned again. But it, it was the fact that it was only a two-week ban, whereas you can get permanently banned for something like less than that. Okay, yeah, that's what I was about to say because I'm I'm way more YouTuber, less Twitch. So I yeah, I don't know much about Twitch either. I can't keep up with all of YouTube's issues and Twitches. But as far as I've seen, <laughs> Twitch has a lot of over-the-top censorship. Like if you swear on stream or stuff, you can get like banned or can't stream for a couple of weeks or something. I'm not entirely sure. You probably know more than me. But then at the same yeah. time, they seem to have preferential treatment for specific people and groups of streamers. It is it is a bit of uh, a boys' club in some respect. Um, and there's probably going to be shooting myself in the foot when I say that, but um, there, there are there is some preferential treatment given to certain streamers, like um, you know the ones that are notably popular um this is like a lot of the smaller streamers will tend to cop it but you know it's just how it is if uh, one particular person is making you money then whatever um but as far as cussing goes like cussing completely fine um i, I guess it's a case of like a uh, you know other off-color commentary like uh, racism and that sort of stuff that that stuff probably would be allowed on there if that's reported um physical um not so much nudity but they do have a dress code uh in terms of what they allow on the, on the platform so if you're seen to be revealing something um turning into a on the side, essentially yeah you know, like in that sense like uh, not just for females but for males as well like males can't wear like can't like be on a stream topless like yeah like it, it, it's pretty um even across both genders in that sense um, yeah, there are some pretty heavy penalties for that, yeah. The thing I've heard with that is that, um, and I don't know if you want to talk about this, we can skip over it, but a lot of the time the rules get very strictly followed, and I'm not sure if this is true, I've just heard Twitch streamers complain about it, for males they get very strictly followed, but a lot of females get a pass from staff specifically. I have no idea what's going on with that, but... Um, I mean, I've vaguely seen a couple of instances where that may have been the case, but it's not something that is um, blanket across the platform. Um, it's just people complaining more than anything. Well, the one thing that we tend to sort of um, say at work is that the only time you ever really hear something is when there's a complaint. Um, That's true. So, like, the, the amount of times that you would see a complaint versus positive feedback is, you know, 10 to 1. Um, so, in that sense, it's kind of hard to gauge whether or not that is uh, that is factually correct, but it, it there are instances where that it does appear as though that there is preferential treatment given to the gender. Yeah. I feel like, at the end of the day, if Mixer became popular, it might just end up having similar issues. I mean, YouTube has issues, Twitter has issues, Twitch has issues, 
it seems like whenever a site gets large enough to become kind of corporate, it just kind of starts having issues that they can't fix or they can't manage. One particular um, issue that I've been following with YouTube lately, and this is for our homegrown boys, Racka Racka, um, is uh, some of their videos have been delisted. Without, like, some of their most popular videos are being delisted um, from their channel. And I only saw this the other day. And then, like, they were being delisted because of, um, you know, like, violent content or, you know, it's not fit for, uh, like, I think it's called age gating or something like that. And then that there's a, a YouTube series that's been published that pretty much has the exact same content, but it's completely fine. Yeah, yeah. So. This, this would be like the issues that I have to follow. I can talk about that a little bit because one of the main issues I have with that creator side is there was a time, 2016, where a bunch of people like PewDiePie, Ethan Klein, a couple of top YouTubers, only a few spoke up about that. And there was a lot of censorship on their channels after it. Some of their videos were demonetized just for talking about YouTube, they said. And I think a lot of people saw that and kind of moved away from it. Some people went child-friendly. Some people just censored their content and other people just tried to, like, not get caught. People who were more um, inappropriate, like... Filthy Frank was a very popular, inappropriate YouTuber. They just kind of left <laughs> the platform. Fucking love Filthy Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I'm hoping more and more people start talking about it because Rakarak is talking about it like a year after like PewDiePie talked about it or stopped talking about it because he just couldn't fix it. And because it's like individual channels talking about it and not cross-communicating it's so difficult for them to pick up on it, I guess. I have yeah. no idea. PewDiePie said specifically that he's spoken to management at YouTube about it, and I don't know, they just... They have so many issues right now. I think... You wonder if they care, though, as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's the real question. Because YouTube could be a lot better if they actually did care about the community. They just don't have a good community manager. I mean, Hyper would know about managing a community. They just don't have any of that at all. Uh, to be perfectly fair, though, managing a community of several several billion users versus several hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, and I, I don't think it's that they don't have a, a good community manager. I think it's that their community standards have changed since the platform was initially introduced. Um, I remember back 2007, 2008, when I was religiously watching, you know, Philip DeFranco. Um, he had a couple of upstart channels called The Station and, you know, um, the, the, the mob that were in, like involved with that, uh, Angry Aussie. Um, you know, I used to watch all those people like really religiously um, because, you know, they they had, you know, a, a decent head on their shoulders and, you know, had good quality content. And then I think from, I think it was 2009, 2010, the, the shift in how that content or why that content was produced more than it being the content itself, but more towards monetization 
sort of kicked in. I, I, I don't know whether or not I'm just talking out of my ass, but this is just how I feel th- those events transpired. I think, yeah, I, think there was a, right. I think there was a gradual shift from the content itself to how somebody can make a living off making that content. Yeah. Um, and then when money's involved, you, we, we've already seen that, you know, some actions speak louder than words. Like, yeah. you know, people will ignore certain things because it's making the money or, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it kept swinging on YouTube's end further and further to, like, traditional media, doing TV shows, getting celebrities, and I'm just hoping at a certain point it starts swinging back. They start looking more towards YouTube, and they did just cancel, to my understanding, YouTube premium shows. They're all going They're free, free now. now. Yeah, so that's hopefully moving back to the community more. Rather than, like, getting Will Smith to do a show on YouTube, why not get Racka Racka or other YouTubers to do shows on YouTube? I mean, that would make perfect sense. Like, they've they've helped build the platform. Why not give them, yeah. Yeah. you know, the space to sort of improve their careers rather than improving somebody who's already established in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah I remember I was talking with Theron about this before, Lord Ben, and how you are saying, like, YouTube is bigger than TV and movies, like they can do their own thing, they have their own people making content, why are they trying to be like, like a different media that they can destroy essentially? Yeah. They do weird things with trending too, like right now I think everyone on the platform knows Shane Dawson is like the most popular YouTuber right now maybe, and then his most recent video was almost two hours long, got like... 10 million views in 24 hours and wasn't trending or anything like they really pick and choose what they put up and what they promote and I don't know why because they used to I remember like 2015 they had like a partner program where they gave channels like Smosh they paid Smosh like million or like hundreds of thousands to produce animated shows and then they just kind of moved away from that to more traditional media. Like producing movies and actual TV shows rather than yeah, like sort of community-created content? Less less like giving YouTubers money and more just like, let's go find a Hollywood director to make Wayne or whoever did that. Whereas you would expect something like Wayne to come from like, probably Racka Racka. It's literally in their wheelhouse but wait that might have been the show that I was talking about um yeah, Wayne, Wayne's the um show you were talking about yeah 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 like like cussing like off the off the charts and then you know and violence like gratuitous yeah. violence and that sort of thing and there's like three fuck words in a in a racka racka video and then suddenly their video is pulled from publicly listed yeah I think the interesting thing was they censored, they specifically censored every time they said the F word in their video, but because they played Wayne, their video still got age-gated for having the F word in it, even though Wayne isn't age-gated. It's just like a blatant show of the um, bias that they have sometimes. Yeah. 
<coughs> I think we'll do a quick ad read and then we can jump back into it. Sure. This episode is also sponsored by the brand new Ubisoft game, The Division 2. If you guys want to pre-purchase The Division 2, you can do so through the Epic Games Store using the link in the description. It's the new online RPG from Ubisoft, and it fixes a lot of issues that some people had with the first one. It's set in Washington, D.C., trying to stop the fall of civilization. So if you want to play that game, there's a link in the description, store.epicgames.com forward slash I'm Tharon forward slash Impala. I don't know how heavy you guys are going to be editing that, but um, I think you said Epic Store rather than Uplay. Yeah, um, there's a link for it. I got a sponsorship link through Epic Games Store. I'm not sure. Epic Games. Oh wow. Okay. I'm not sure, man. <laughs> All right. No, no, that's cool. Like I, I just don't know. That, like I didn't know that Epic Games were selling it through their platform yeah. to restart Uplay. What? <laughs> bunch of stuff, stuff recently. Yeah, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the, um, I guess jumping into this, the, oh, what game was it? A game recently got moved from Steam to Epic Games. It was that shooter series that you like, the shooter RPGs. Oh, not Metro. Metro. Yeah. Got, like, removed from Steam and moved to Epic Games. Ooh. And I, I think... I think Steam had a comment about it that was like, we're very disappointed, we think this is a bad decision, we're so sorry. What's the difference in, um, you guys probably know, you know how Steam takes a big cut, right? It's yep. 30% for Steam, 14 for Epic Games, oh, if that's okay. the question. But they also use their cut to pay development fees for the... Um, engine, if you use the Unreal Engine as well, which is pretty. So good. Is way better gear deal from every game. Currently, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of talk that Steam's going to go down to 15. percent I don't know. Price wars, good for us customers. Hopefully. I mean, it's taken them how long to get Australian pricing after oh, like how many lawsuits? Yeah, yeah. and didn't they even? The prices like went down, but then they manually moved them back up, or something. I remember seeing like Assassin's Creed go to sixty dollars, and then they put it back up to like eighty dollars or something. They always seem to be overpriced here. We get so overpriced. Like you walk into a game store here, and you want to buy a game, and it's just, like twenty dollars extra on the exchange rate. Yeah. Or Thirty dollars extra. It's just brutal. Yeah. yeah. 60 in the US and like 100, 120 here. 120 here. For no reason. It's just crap. The thing I love is that EB Games didn't drop the price of the PS4 for like three years, even though there were like three or four price drops. They just kept it at 550. They just kept it at like a launch price. Yeah. I think they finally dropped it. <coughs> finally. But um, going back to Twitch, so you've been streaming on Twitch part-time slash full-time. Would you say part-time or full-time? 
I would say uh, part time. It's only twelve hours a week. Um, so um, then I've been doing that pretty consistently for the better part of the year. Before that, I think it was only about six hours before, because like, I went from three nights a week, two hours streams each, to four nights a week, um, three hours each, because. Um, I've been I've been talking with some of the partner streamers like Wild and um, a few others like from here in Adelaide as part of you know my work as, as the Twitch Adelaide community manager. Yeah. Um, and they've they've been saying that in order to get to uh, like further up in the directory for a particular game, you need to be streaming it for a considerable amount of time. Um, so like three hours seems to be the benchmark for minimum, but Given that I work full time, it's kind of hard for me to do any more than that. So I, I push it as much as I can at the expense of, uh, you know, home life and that sort of stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I've been doing it. Been doing it part time for about since I think about April 2016. I think thereabouts. Yeah. Um, a mate of mine, uh, previously known as Inferno Panda, but now known as pa uh, Panda KB. He was, uh, this was at the time that I was still writing pretty heavily for games websites. He, he wanted to um, get into um, the, the games industry a little bit more, the games community a little bit more, and he, he felt that Twitch was going to be that outlet. Um, but he works in like a pretty intense job himself. He's not customer focused, but he does deal with like. Um, uh, like heavy networking, that sort of thing, like for financial organizations like banks and shit. So he's always on call. Um, so like a schedule for him was pretty well impossible. So, but he started out and he taught me a lot of the, the basic things that he'd learned to try and get started. And then I started streaming to sort of support him, but then he sort of stopped and I just kept going. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, oh, that was a ramble. <laughs> no, like, I didn't even know that Twitch was kind of, if I understand how you're explaining it, watch time based. Like, you need a yeah, yeah. hours in a game. Yeah, I don't know this either. It, it's, it's mainly, um, the, it's not so much watch time as opposed to stream time. Uh, sort of visibility. Like, if you're streaming for half an hour, that's not enough people that have never been in your channel before to sort of hop in and say hi they, they're not going to see you um at all like it would be by chance if anything but whereas if you're streaming for a couple of hours chances are somebody's going to be flicking through the directory and they'll still see you there and they might pop you in or pop in to see you um it's i don't understand how to explain it i just know that that's what i need to do in order to sort of get noticed, if that makes sense. And yeah. I average anywhere between 10 to 20 viewers um, on most nights. Um, 10 seems to be my minimum. Um, but yeah, if, if I could do it longer, I probably would. I've, I've done 12 hour streams. They've always been my highest uh, concurrent viewer uh, streams. Like the, the, they're the ones that I always have a lot of people in. Yeah. I just don't have the time to do them all. Yeah. Fair enough. <coughs> God, I have something in my throat. <coughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. Just, I don't know. I got something in my throat. Um, 
Yeah, it's hard to explain how platforms work when you're using them as well. Like, I know YouTube's move to like one hour videos, like podcasts are way better than like 10 minute videos now. Like 10 minutes used to be the trend, but it's not really anymore. But you just kind of like, you kind of know how it works, but you can't really explain to someone else how to like do it easily. Like it's super complicated, but once you're doing it, you know, just like, this is what I have to do. Yeah. So if you have been streaming 2016, you said? Yeah, 2016. So something interesting I'd like to talk about is the change that's happened even just recently, maybe, since you've been streaming that time with the rise of um, probably specifically like PUBG, then Fortnite, people going from like 3 million followers to like 11, 12 million followers. Is it people becoming more popular or is Twitch itself becoming more popular, you think? I think it's Twitch itself is becoming more popular. The the rise, not so much the rise, but the is probably the better word. Um, the growth in the number of community members in within the Twitch site or the Twitch platform has risen exponentially as broadband connections have improved to allow people to stream or people have caught on how they can stream um, or how easy it is to sort of at least get on uh, to Twitch and sort of start streaming. Um, at, le at least as far as, hey, I can stream too, I have the equipment to do it, um, I'm going to at least give it a shot. They give it a shot, they create an account, they either you know continue on with it or they don't continue on with it, but they still continue as a member of the community and they'll find... Um, you know, the, their favourite streamers and that sort of thing and sort of follow them around, that sort of thing. Um, the games have helped, like Fortnite. Fortnite has brought a lot of people to the platform. I'm not going to say Ninja is, you know, entirely responsible for it, but he has contributed a significant portion to it. Yeah. Um, it reminds me very much of... 2014 YouTube and on the Ninja Note 2 where people started realizing people were making money doing this full time and PewDiePie yeah. didn't specifically do anything but he just became the popular person similar to Ninja. I don't think Ninja's specifically done anything big for Twitch that he's tried to do but I think he's just become a figurehead same as PewDiePie became for the platform and just become more popular just because he's popular, I guess. But yeah. the platform itself seems to be in a near perfect time. It's growing and then what comes next is the most interesting part, I guess. Uh, Contrast to two years ago, I could walk up to somebody and say, hey, I'm a Twitch streamer. And we go, cool, what's that? These days, there's a little bit more of a an understanding as to what it is. It's like, oh, Twitch, that's that, that site that you play video games on and people watch you. Like, at least they, they know what it is now. Yeah. They don't understand, like, what's involved directly behind it. Like, it's 
still content creation. There's still an immense amount of effort into production value. So you might as well be running your own mini sort of a live TV studio. Yeah. Um, except that it, instead of having multiple staff to do it, you're all doing it yourself. Um, a lot of people think it's really easy. Yeah, they don't the amount of effort you have to put in. Well, yeah, they, 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 they think that they can just load up a game, load up OBS or XSplit or whatever, um, hit live and, you know, instant cash. You know, they, they think people are just going to sit there and donate to them. But um, it's it's quite a lot of effort and time to get to the level that, you know, Ninja, uh, Wild, whoever else is at to be able to sort of make a living from it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think there'll probably be more growth over time too and hopefully it doesn't go down a negative path it seems it seems on a reasonable track I don't know if you you definitely know more than me but it doesn't seem to be going in a negative way as such like I don't think it'll like it could become a bad platform but I think it's chugging along alright at the moment just a few bad decisions here and there but as a platform overall it seems to be okay as a platform it's it's fine um, the, the, the bad decisions as you mentioned before um, you know that, that's probably the only probably on it um, but as the platform continues to grow and those decisions if they multiply from what they have done already, then that is the potential recipe for um, negative connotations of the platform, especially in uh, the mainstream media. Um, that uh, domestic violence case um, from December, um, that was widely reported on in the mainstream media, not only here in Australia, but also overseas as well. Yeah. Um, and that got a lot of international attention. Also, it raised questions about the platform itself and, you know, brought yeah. the, the idea of it into those who had never heard of it before. But yeah, negative, connotation negative connotation on your first view of that platform, yeah. your first impression, it's like, is uh, you know, all of them, you know, domestic wife beaters, that sort yeah. of thing. The unfortunate thing is the media seems to, YouTube, Twitch, and just gaming in general love negative coverage. I think just media nowadays in general, negative stuff sells. Yeah. And yeah, that's exactly it. Like, you can take one particular situation, spin it to its worst, you know, level, throw a head, throw like a, a, like a, a rather clickbaity headline on it. Makes and clickbaity headline, yeah. Yeah, and then it'll sell. Like you just take one fact, like this uh, this dude said fuck, and yeah, you you word it appropriately to this uh, this particular individual who is deeply distressed by encouraging others to use the word fuck by saying it repeatedly. Like you sort of emphasize that, um, and it just it's chaos. Yeah, a lot of people don't even read articles nowadays a lot of people just like and retweet and if the headline says like so and so said 
this or so-and-so did this, a lot of people, especially on Twitter and Facebook, are like, oh, he did that, and then they just share it. No one really, not a lot of people look deeper into things nowadays. They just kind of glance at the surface and they're like, yeah, cool, Twitch is bad, YouTube's bad, whatever this article says. Uh, I guess uh, in that sort of train of thought there, I would ask a question of you. When it comes to uh, journalists reporting on uh, Donald Trump, how would you think that that applies? Or do you generally think that he's a bit of a fuckwit as it is? (laughs) The end of your question cut out, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, With what you were just saying there, like how... um, Like people just read the headline when it comes to, say, applying that that question to Donald Trump and what the, some of the things that we hear in the media as to what he said, do you think that the, the media often take whatever he says out of proportion or that he's a genuine fuckwit? Um, I think, I mean, I would say, obviously, there's a lot of issues with him. I, well, I- I'm more saying um, consumers, just kind of like, like, there are bad things, you could see a story about like Syria and a story about YouTube and I think people don't read either of them they just believe the headline and I think it's what you're trying to say is people form really strong opinion based on based on knowledge yeah but it's just it's just because you're getting so much knowledge thrown at you like even yeah. if you tried to read every article you spend your whole you know your 40 your whole day waking day reading articles yeah, it's kind of a problem with it. But yeah, Trump's not great at all. I don't know why people voted him in. I don't know if you agree. <laughs> I would assume that you. I would. I, I think most I don't would. like him. He's do I. Un- undeserving of that presidency. The not to go too much into it, but one of the annoying things I see a lot is a lot of the coverage that goes viral is like recently. I don't know if you saw it, Hyper, the news was talking about how he served McDonald's at the White House. Oh, I heard of this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the fact that... During you a government shutdown? Yeah. Yeah. I, there was no... Yeah, I think the issue is with the media, I would say, just in my opinion, is they should be covering, like, the wars, the wall, the horrible stuff happening... Whereas when you talk about McDonald's, a lot of people on the other side can just be like, oh, he's not that bad. You know, McDonald's, everyone likes McDonald's. You're giving them an easy defense to have when you just focus on something so... He served McDonald's. Yeah, but the whole point of it is he served McDonald's because there was no people in jobs there. Because he yeah. shut the government down. Yeah. But, but they, there is lots of news on the the bad things. It's just that yes. when you run the same news channel 20 times over for four weeks, people just zone out. And then yeah, that's true. Knows, then like it's going to be, it's already starting to be forgotten before the next crazy thing he does. That's true. <laughs> so it's almost like you can't, like it is bad for the media, but it's also us, like we have short attention spans. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, sidetracked on American politics there. <laughs> what, are we, what are, um, for example, you have strikers, any games that you're thinking uh, that you really want to play or start streaming? Or is it just ones that you're stuck, like some classics you're going to keep going with? 
Um, I tend I like to play a lot of new releases. Um, I've been getting back into playing the Division quite a bit lately. Yeah. We um. Like <laughs> um. And uh, a lot of the people that I've been playing the Division with recently are really, really keen for the Division Two, so I'm kind of keen to get into that as well. Um, but I've really just been floating around some of the same games lately, like uh, Sea of Thieves. That's had a massive boost yeah, since Christmas. Much better than what it was like earlier. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like when um, when it first came out, like I enjoyed it when it first came out. Very much create your own adventure. They give you the basic tools to I heard it was live the life. Quite empty when I first came out. Yes and no. I mean, like there was very few things that you do, but at the same time, it's while it wasn't exactly on rails, it wasn't exactly focused either. Um, okay. It's um, like like you could go out, you could do PvP, you could. Um, what is it? Like, you go out and hunt treasure, kill yeah. bounties, and that sort of shit. Like, it was very much... They gave you the very basic tools to create your own pirate adventure, but after a couple of hours, that would get become very sane. Very repetitive, yeah. Repetitive, yeah. Um, whereas now... Yeah, whereas now they've implemented um, random events like ghost ships will just spawn out of nowhere and you have to take that out and it, they will hunt you down, they will chase you. It, it basically makes each each voyage unique. Like, we've had so many unique moments since we started streaming in Christmas. Um, and it, it, because of the content that's been released, you know, in between when it was released to now, going from release to, you know, having a massive break and then coming back to it, you can see the... the, the like the black and white difference there, um, but yeah, Sea of Thieves is one. Uh, the Vision. Now that I've worked out the settings and how to stream it on my PC is another. And the Division um, Two soon. Division probably. Two. Division Two is coming out in two months, so I've got to go look and get a pre-order in for that. Um, People want to pre-order. There's a link in the description. People can use. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I might actually use it myself. Um, <laughs> um, but like, just, just you know, the the usual circle of games. Like, even DayZ, like uh, DayZ, was pretty okay when I played it at launch, um, or when you know when it first came out on early access. Um, and then you know, I I bought it. Uh, the like the, the standalone game played it for like maybe one or two games didn't play it again after that come back to it when 1.0 was released and, and that's created some fairly unique moments in itself like you know the, the, the random encounters with other players and just you know the, the thought of a, a guy like me running around with a male character in a, in a mini skirt a fucking leather jacket and running around saying, Hey, do you like my dress? Do you like my dress? My skirt is very high for you, yes? <laughs> and, you know, just saying that through the in-game microphone and just completely confusing the fuck out of the random players that we see. It's like, there, you have um, good day, yes? Is there proximity in DayZ? It, it's proximity, yeah. So you can't, oh, like, awesome. like talk from one end of... One, one end of the map to the other on voice chat like it's um you have to be within close proximity of the player so like you, you'll be talking in game like somebody will hear your conversation they'll run up and they'll like be aiming a gun at you you friendly you friendly then you <laughs> tell them that you're friendly and you know they share items with you then you kill them 
Um, <laughs> or like you, you do, a, you like survive to a certain point, and then one of you puts a bullet in the back of their head, or you know, vice versa. It's just so many interesting moments. Yeah, so many unique and interesting moments, and there's just all these games that have been in development weren't too great to start with, but have learned from their mistakes and come back. Those are some really good games to play, but yeah. <laughs> I saw end of last year too. You were playing World of Warcraft, the new expansion. Yeah, um, I haven't really played too much of expansion that was. Um. I played through a majority of the story and dreamed it, and uh, I haven't really caught on to the story like I did with the last expansion, so yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's not as popular uh, when it comes to streaming that on Twitch, like there's not too many people, so I, I kind of don't play it on Twitch anymore. I mean, the most popular stuff is just Battle Royale games at the moment still, I think, right? Um, yeah, so a lot of people are playing uh, Ring of Elysium. Um, I don't particularly like. Think oh, is that the version Snow one? Yeah, that's the, that's the the Snow one uh, with like the anime Korean. Yeah. From uh, with like PUBG. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just don't like it. It doesn't play that well for me. Yeah. I mean, late night and I've played PUBG and Fortnite, but yeah. nothing really beyond that. Ah, uh, H1Z1 on console H1Z1, though, yeah. and it was bad on console. It was bad on console, <laughs> but but PUBG's pretty bad on PS. PUBG's pretty bad on console too. Like yeah. it's not that much better than H1Z1. Yeah, I think that's only because they've only had one update in one update, two yeah. months. Two months. Yeah. yeah, not sure what they're yeah. doing. Would it take them like a year or something to find the Xbox One? They shouldn't have released it on console, and not against anything against console people, but it's a game that really is meant for PC. Yeah. PC, yeah. Yeah, very true. You yeah, can't really true. manage everything. It's like a thousand buttons and like hold left stick and throw. Just, just, just the like, just the looting a guy you've killed. Like you got to go pro and mine him twenty minutes to get all the stuff. Like, yeah. And then the zone hits you, and you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <clears throat> so there's nothing like new coming that people should be looking for on Twitch that you've seen. Um, nah, it's sort of a low period. Yeah. Okay. Um, we will start to see more. Uh, sort of game releases later in the year, like somewhere around March and May, but there's um, nothing too um, nothing too exciting happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, Seems like a lot of yeah. games just iterate and update instead of releasing new stuff now too. We yes. get PUBG, Fortnite, World of Warcraft. I mean... PUBG is always going through cycles, like through its development, like it releases, you know, uh, a new update which improves, you know, the landscape or, you know, it adds a new map and everyone plays the new map and then, you know, um, I haven't even played the snow map on PUBG yet. Like, I, the last time that I played PUBG, if I look at my 
um, Steam list. Let's have a look here. The last time I played PUBG was September. Yeah. It's fallen off a bit. <laughs> well, it died in Oceana. So, like, in, here in, the Ocean yeah. in here in the Oceanic region, you found it so friggin' hard to game. Um, we know on our PS4, like, it kicked us from the Oceana server and put us on North America. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. That, that's, that's pretty gross. Yeah. What killed it? Would that have been around the release of Call of Duty, or did people just get sick of it? Um, I think, yeah, um, so Call of Duty came out around, uh, the start of October, uh, with their Battle Royale, Battle Royale mode, but the, um, the beta for the Call of Duty Blackout mode was around the time that I last played it, um, so I think it might have been dead a little bit beforehand, but, yeah, um, slow dying, slow, slow dying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we played the beta of that as well and didn't yeah. like it as much. It looked great, but the actual like, you know, I don't think I, I think I still haven't fixed the problems of like a level three armor just makes you invincible. Yeah, I think we were just like looking for a good battle royale. And we were hopeful PUBG yeah. would be, but it's you a mean, little uh, blackout. Bit. Well, after blackout wasn't as after good. We blackout, were like, yeah. we tried PUBG. PUBG yeah. wasn't perfect either. I feel someone like we've it to Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least with Fortnite, they fix whatever issues they have pretty quickly. I think it's more stuff. for us. They've managed to get to work on console pretty well. Whereas, like, yeah, we don't really have the PCs to play the good version of. PUBG. Yeah, that's true. <coughs> I don't how know. long do you... Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, how long does your podcast normally run for? Uh, around about, about the end of an hour, yeah. 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 Do you want to just end with um, what you think you're going to do in the future? Like what? So you're moving to play a bit of... Um, uh, Division 2. Division 2, yeah, as that comes up. Uh, sort of like plans for the future sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah could do that. Pro you probably can talk about Twitch, but also Twitch Adelaide, Team OCE, anything that you're looking forward to. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, like, are you, like, going to ask the question or do I play oh, yeah, it? Yeah, or? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So as we move through to February now, with Twitch or any of the communities you manage, what are you looking forward to in the year, streaming-wise or management-wise that you've got coming up that you want to talk about? Um, so coming up for um, some of the stuff in the new year, we've obviously got uh, another Twitch Adelaide meetup coming up soon. We've got to like plan it out a bit, but. Uh, we were supposed to have it in January, but things sort of escaped. Um, but so we're sort of trying to get one done before the end of summer. Um, there's also Team OCE sort of state-based meetups as well that are going to happen at some point. Um, I think it's just you know enjoying the communities 
that we've found and you know with the people that are a part of them have a good time um create good content and uh see you know further growth of those communities are the team oce meetups for the team specifically or just no 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 just anyone that's in the in those communities um like twitch adelaide has a, a separate group not everyone from twitch adelaide's in DE and then not everyone from team adelaide that sort of thing um but anyone who's part of the, the Twitch Adelaide or Team OCE communities can come and join those uh, those meetups. And if there are people listening to the podcast that are interested in either of the meetups, would the best place to follow for those be your Twitter or? Do you uh, that'd be the Discords individually. I can leave links to both of those Discords in the description if anyone wants to anyone's interested in Twitch or gaming in general can feel free to join the community, have chats with people about games and go to some meetups. The meetups are... I've been to a few. They're always quite fun. Yeah, they're, they're pretty quarterly uh, from what we've sort of worked out. We, we tend to hop them every three months. Yeah. Um, the, the last Twitch Adelaide one that we held was in December and that was at the, uh, the West Oak Hotel pub. Yeah. Uh, which is that they've always been really, really good to us. Um, we also had a change in management in December as well. Like, um, I'm still on the, the management, but Ruby plays. Uh, she's uh, stepped down as a community leader and she's moved to Melbourne. So uh, Little Lardy, uh was promoted to the second community manager for Twitch Adelaide. Ruby's done, as far as I've seen, really well. End of the year, start of this year, she won like a streaming award or something, didn't she? Yeah, um, she, um, there was obviously like some really rough periods that she had in her life year, but she sort of stood out on top as a, as a real, um, uh, I'm trying to think the word, word for shining beacon of positivity. Like she's just That's a good word. coming up. Like, Shining beacon for positivity. Yeah, let's just run with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's like, she's triumphed over those those negative situations, basically. Um, and uh, she's uh, really made what she has work uh, in her life, and you know she's achieved so much in the, in the last twelve months. Yeah. So yeah, community meetups, discords in the description, and I'll link your Twitch, Twitter. Anything else that you want me to link in the description if people want to check out Hyper for his streams or just commentary or whatever, people can feel free to do that. You can see me regularly shit posting on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you've got nothing else to plug, we can end it there. Um, I don't really have much to plug, no. <laughs> easy, easy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, much appreciated, man. Thanks for having me. I'll see you at the meetup soon, hopefully. No worries. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, you too. Yeah, you too. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week with Josh Dub Gaming, so leave your talk about More games and awesome stuff. More games more YouTube, more, more Twitch VR. Yeah. This time, yeah, the big thing will be VR. Yeah. 
just a little bit on that as an intro. We did play a bit of the PS4 VR, but this guy's got when you say VR, so he's got Oculus, I think he's, he's got, got all Valve, of them. Valve's ones, he's got all of them. Okay. I think so. Yeah. So if you're interested in VR and new technology, this could be a good podcast to tune into. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Leave your likes, subscriptions, comments, all that stuff down below, and we'll see you next week.